Hey guys, Ben back here with a quick production note. I, I w quickly want to apologize for the audio quality on my end with my audio. Uh, unfortunately, my microphone audio was maxed and I didn't realize it at the time, which is why it sounds the way it does. So uh, apologies for that. Uh, hopefully it's it's not too loud. It just it just sounds a little distorted because of the uh, the volume that my microphone was set at. It will be fixed by the next episode, uh, Season 4, Episode 2, releasing uh, later on this week, this episode. You should be hearing this one on a Monday. Uh, all The next episode will be over the course of the weekend, on Saturday, or Saturday or Sunday. So again, apologies for my audio, and I hope you guys enjoy this episode. It's the next level. Hmm? Ah! No one's going anywhere with you, John. Because they're not crazy. He's not crazy. What about Charlie? Charlie went down to that place so we could all be rescued. Whatever he did down there, it worked. But then something must have happened. Must have heard something before he... I don't know why, but he changed his mind. Because the last thing he did was to warn us that the people in that boat are not who they said they were. to my friend. Listening to Charlie. back welcome to another episode of we have to go back lost revisited we are over half we're, we're over the halfway hump now uh as we start our journey into the fourth season of the series uh i'm ben and i'm Kristen. this week we return with our discussion into the season four premiere the beginning of the end i i missed doing this over the past couple of weeks we haven't done this um that we took a we took a little break, intentional this time, but yep. because there's a uh, a lot of stuff going on. I mean, you had um, you had kids you had to prepare for a return to school, uh, in which nobody knew what the hell was going on when it came to school <laughs> returning. Not even the teachers uh, until literally maybe days before school started. It's been a process. Yeah, so there there's been a lot of stuff going on and. Um, in both of our lives, so we took a little bit of a break, and yeah. you know, we, we took it in between seasons, so that's yes. that was a good place to take it. Mm -hmm. but now we're back, and we're we're diving into season four, which I'm really excited to get into. 
Yes, me too. I love it when it starts getting weird. Um, <laughs> and it does. Indeed. And it gets super weird. I'm really excited <laughs> about the weirdness. <laughs> um, one of the things I want to mention that we, we kind of drifted away from as I want to make it known before we get into the discussion. This is a spoiler full podcast. Full of spoilers. Uh, um, we're going to talk about stuff that happened in the past as well as stuff that happens in the future of the series. So this is a rewatch. So we do, we do bring up spoilers if, if you're relatively new to the podcast. If you're new, welcome. If, yes. If, and if you are, why are you jumping in at season four? Like, because that's where it starts to get weird and interesting. It is. It really is. And it's unfortunate, too, because this is where the seasons also tend to get a lot shorter. You know, what's interesting is that I think there are so many people that have seen the first three seasons, like, countless times, but they haven't seen the second half of the series very much. Like, a lot of people fall off after, you know, the mid- around season four, middle of season four, end of season four, which to me is ridiculous because that's where I get super excited about the show. I don't, I, I agree yes and no, because there were people that definitely dropped off at the end of season three, but I'm even in the same boat where I remember more that happens in the first three seasons than I do in the last three seasons. But I also think I can kind of chalk that up to the fact that while there's a lot of things that happen in season three, they're not nearly as complicated as seasons four through six. No, yeah, it's it, it gets really complicated and we're actually going to have to start like preparing, I think, for this instead of just having discussions. Instead, I, I, think the, I think the days of winging the episodes, which yeah. we've been doing for like the yeah. past season, yeah. are gone. Like we're uh, well, back to yeah. taking notes. I know, because you're like, <laughs> I've come to all these conclusions. I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I have not come to conclusions. I've watched the episode twice, uh, and that's about it. Uh, look, you guys are just going to have to bear with me until I understand how the second um, – half of 2020 is going to go <laughs> 2020 and I we're just having we're, we're having some some relationship issues right look, now <laughs> look I, I I'll put it this way I'll, I'll put it to you the same way I've been putting it to a number of people if 2020 was a drink it would be colonoscopy prep I it would be <laughs> it's, it's it's horrible um does that mean that 2021 is going to leave us feeling lighter and uh that's, Take well, out all the polyps. Here, here's the. It's, it's going to flush your system out completely. Um, here's one of the things that cracks me up too is like all these people that like, can we just skip the January first? I'm like, do you think a coronavirus? Do you think a pandemic expires December thirty first? <laughs> like we're going to be dealing with this like into next year. So yeah. like, just learn to adapt, get used to it, and. God, I mean, it's gotten to the point now where it's so weird, like ads I see on television and ads that pop up on social media are things like, you know, like, like masks have become a fashion statement now. I know. You know, like, and, and that's, but yet we still have idiots out there. And if you're one of them, I don't apologize for calling you an idiot. You, you are an idiot. Um, if you're one of the people, like there are still idiots out there that refuse to wear them. And like, like why? It's a piece of, like it, it it's not going to harm you i am not on to dive into politics like that's <laughs> no it's okay and it's it, and that's the problem is that it it's been politicized and it shouldn't be politicized a health crisis should not be politicized period yeah. um 
So, you know, I will tell you though, this year I have learned a lot about who people are by whether Agreed. or not they do wear a mask. I could tell, I could tell if I want to engage in a conversation with somebody outside my home by whether or not they're wearing a mask. And that, that's fine. That's I, I, totally fine. I, I, I agree with you completely. And, and I've also gotten to the point too where um, when it's my health that's at risk, I have no problem speaking up. Yeah. And telling you to either wear a mask or wear your mask correctly. Yeah. I don't I don't care if I've never met you before that period in time. And it's happened. I mean, it happened to me last week where I was actually out picking up an order because I do door dashing on the side. Um, you know, I I was at a restaurant picking up an order and I had another door dasher there who was waiting for an order with me and decided to strike up a conversation, but was one of these people that had the mask under the brim of his nose. <laughs> Dave calls that having your dick out. It's basically like you do realize you're defeating the whole purpose of even wearing the mask at that point. <clears throat> and it, at the, when the guy was like starting to talk to me and he was getting closer to me, I told him, I flat out told him, I'm like, look, I have no problem talking to you. You need to wear your mask properly if you're going to engage in conversation with me. Yeah. And if you're going to approach me at all, you need mm -hmm. to wear your mask correctly. And he and he's like, well, it is correct. I'm like, no, it's not. You see where mine is? That's where yours belongs. You know, and even the person at Bertuzzi, and I didn't want to name the restaurant too late. Um, <laughs> even the person at the restaurant, like, looked at him and said, yes, you need to put your mask on correctly or you need to wait for your order outside. Yeah. You know. Well, um, somebody told me that there's a really nice way to say it um, so that you don't sound like, you know, a jerk. And that's just if you see somebody with their nose kind of hanging out the top of their mask, you say, oh, you know, excuse me, I think that your mask slipped down a little bit. I don't know if you knew that. Um, and that way, you're not being a jerk about it. You're not being confrontational. You're, you're, you're appearing to look helpful while inside screaming into your head, well, you and I both know you've decided to wear it this way and I'm calling attention to it. But Oh, no, I have no problem calling attention to it. Like, that's, well, that's how I, I, I live in a small town where if you're not kind, people hear about it. Oh, I live outside of Philadelphia where people are mean even when there's not a pandemic. That's true. So, you know. Well, I never leave my house anymore because I'm, I'm just tired of everybody in this town. I can't, I can't say people are mean. I love Philly. I can't. It's, no, you know, I love Philly. I, I, you I know love how, this town. You know how yeah. much I love Philly. Yeah. Um, but hey, let's talk about Lost. Yeah, let's do that. So I want to I start with this. I know we're, I'm going to let you start us off with the discussion of the episode. But when, uh, when you brought up the whole I've come to revelations, like I said, yeah. um, I, I don't want it to make it seem like I've come to these big realizations that we've never <laughs> talked about before. I'm just, I'm more... This episode, I, I do have a cup. I do have a theory or two, which we'll get into when we start talking about the episode. But I, I just want to say we've talked about this over the course of season three. This episode, more so than any other episode. I mean, and we've had episodes that have talked about that you know that are focusing on particular characters, like flashbacks, and now we're into flash forwards. Um, you know, they're character-specific episodes. And they're always like, well, you know, yes, like that was a great Jack episode or that was a great Sawyer episode. This episode, more so than any other episode, has convinced me thoroughly that, one, I've, I've never been more convinced that Hurley is the true leader of this group. And I've also come to the foregone conclusion, 
And I didn't think this, I mean, I, I knew he was in my top. Hurley is my favorite character in the series. Oh, that's great. There's, I mean, I've watched like Sawyer episodes and, you know, by the end of the episode, I'm like, yes, I like, I love Sawyer. He's, he definitely rates at one of my favorite characters. This episode, Hurley has become my favorite character. In this what series. is it about the episode that makes you feel that way? He is, and we'll dive into this a little deeper, but like he, he's one, there is so much inner strength yet turmoil at the same time with Hurley. There are so many moments in this episode where you can tell like he is fighting through the pain purely to prove that he is stronger than everybody thinks he is. And yeah. I love that about his character. And even, even in a, during a time where he is obviously in emotional pain, he is still stepping up to get things moving. And he's still stepping up to take steps forward when everybody else is standing still. And that is what really drives me to believe more so than any, any other time, he is the true leader of this group. Not Jack, not Locke, not Ben. Hurley is, and we've hinted at this for a while now. Definitely not Jack. I mean, you know, I was really disappointed in Jack's character this this uh, this opening, and you know, it wasn't because of the island. It was because of the way that he was so dishonest with Hurley during that horse game. Um, you know, he came to he was in the neighborhood. It wasn't that he was in the neighborhood. He wanted to make sure that Hurley wasn't going to say anything. He probably hasn't seen Hurley since, since it all happened. He didn't know that he, where he was. He probably doesn't know where anybody is except for Kate. And, um, you know, that's really disappointing because it's like he, you spend all this time with somebody you get off the island, you go through some pretty intense experiences, and then you just let everybody fend for themselves until it's, it might affect Jack as a person or his life or, or reputation or whatever he has decided needs to happen. And he goes to just like micromanage that, that incident. For oh, yeah, Her lack of a better word. Jack's visit to Hurley was absolutely in Jack's best interest and not Hurley's. But it's just such a bummer because it's like what it does to me is it shows like kind of the, the true nature of, of, of Jack's personality and his character. And it's disappointing because I want him to just rise to um, rise to the occasion. I want him to be, you know, we know that he is capable of being an amazing character, a positive character, a hero. I mean, he has done some pretty heroic things. He got, he got people off the island. Whether or not we knew in hindsight that it was a terrible decision, he still, he still did it, you know? And, yeah, I mean, and, and you look at the, you, when you compare situations, when you look at, you know, the fact that they actually got off the island and everybody's keeping silent about what happened, um, you know, and Hurley's telling him, like, it wants us to come back. It, I'm pretty sure, means the island wants us mm -hmm. to come back. And at that point, you know, obviously we see a very different Jack at the end of the season three finale, where Jack is the one saying, yes, we have to go back. You know, in this moment, Hurley is the one saying, you know, it wants us to come back. And Jack is the one saying, we're never going back. Compare that situation to the submarine. When Jack was fully planning on get, using the sub to get off the island to bring help to the island to get everybody else rescued, 
what has changed in these situations in that if Jack got off the first time, he was willing to send help. But now that he's actually off the island, he wants to stay silent and never return for everybody else who's still there. Yeah. Well, and we come and we come to find out what, why that is. Mm-hmm. We come to find out, you know, I think, I think it's the finale of this, of this season. Why, why they have decided to keep quiet, which is fine. All I'm saying is that Hurley was in trouble. Hurley's landed himself in a mental institution and Jack came to make sure that he wasn't so crazy that he was going to spoil a secret. He wasn't going there to find out if Hurley was okay. He wasn't going there as a friend. He was going there as damage control. And and that's just, that. that's not great. I mean, and the the proof positive of that to anybody out there who might claim otherwise that like, no, Jack really did care about Hurley. I absolutely do believe that Jack cared about Hurley. Yes. But but in that situation, the proof a positive that Jack was there for his own well-being and not Hurley's is the fact that once that discussion was over about whether or not they're going to go back to the island, Jack left. Yeah. If he really cared about Hurley's well-being in that moment, he would have been like, okay, let's not talk about this. Seriously, how are you? Or let's finish the game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, the fact that, the, you know, that Jack's, that Jack just says like, nah, you know what, you win. I got to go. Like, like oh, you just made your point clear that why you were there. And it was purely just to make sure Hurley's not talking. Right. And it just, it didn't sit with me very well. So, you know, I know that Jack does a lot of really great things, especially um, in the second half of the series, you know, he really steps up and he becomes, you know, kind of a better version of Jack, but it's just not a great start. (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, while we're on the topic of Jack, I mean, there's, there's obviously a couple things that we can talk about. Sure. Since we're already on that, um, you know, there's a different side of Jack we're seeing while we're on the island this time around. I mean, yes. obviously, we know he is content to get the, the survivors back to the beach so that they can get rescued. And there's that moment with Locke, and I literally have it written as a note, Jack pulls the trigger. Jack was absolutely 100% willing to kill Locke in that moment. Locke was even rattled by that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when Jet, when Locke turns to Jack and says, you won't kill me, and you hear that click, no, Jack was ready and willing. Like, he was at a point where he did not care he was going to kill John Locke. He had every intent to do it. Yeah. Because Jack didn't know that that gun wasn't loaded. You know, Jack, Jack is very interesting in these, in, in these uh, island scenes, too. Because not only that, you know... He, he refused to listen to Kate about the possibility of a dummy trail, which also I don't think is very in line with his character. Although, you know, he kisses, he kisses Juliet and then he tells Kate that he loves her and then he doesn't trust her with the <laughs> dummy trail. And, the, you know, like he's all over the place. It, it's, like, it's like Jack doesn't know what to do, so he's just throwing up anything that he feels might stick to the wall at this yeah. point. Yeah, I, I don't know what else to say about about Jack and his decision making process in the last uh, in in these island moments, these island scenes. I mean, we we obviously know that you know. I, I will say one of the things I do like about the dynamics that they've set up with Jack, both on the island and in the flash forwards, 
they're two completely different Jacks. You know, Jack is set on the island to get everybody off. He's willing to kill to do it. And then there's the Jack and the fly forwards that, you know, like you said, wants to keep silent, doesn't want people to find out about what happened. I, I like the setup with that because the writers do a good job of saying, of letting the viewer know if you've seen this for the first time, what the hell happens between then and now to cause this change in Jack. And then when you look back at the season three finale, you're also like, okay, so then what happens between now and then to cause another completely different side of Jack? We're seeing between the finale and the premiere, we've seen three different Jacks and you have no idea how you get from point A to point B to point C. So it's kind of like, it's kind of, and excuse me for, for bringing current events into this, but it's oh, kind no. of like in January, you've got January Jack, where he's <laughs> determined, <laughs> determined to have a really great year. And this is how we're going to do it. And these are all my New Year's resolutions and we're all coming together. And then <laughs> you've got, you've got Jack from the season premiere in the flash forward where it's the very beginning of the quarantine and you're starting to drink in the morning a little <laughs> bit <laughs> and you're, you're thinking you have a little bit of control over the whole situation. And then you have season finale front flash forward, Jack with the big beard and the glassy eyes. And that's and today. The, Somebody get me out of this fucking <laughs> life. <laughs> and that, and that is the Jack of today. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good analogy, though, because that's <laughs> that's pretty accurate. So the, I, I guess you could say we're, you know, how do we get from January Jack to COVID Jack, right? Yeah. Oh, God, COVID Jack. I love that. That's <laughs> by the end of season. And I mean, and the sad part is by the time we get to the season finale of, of this season, we're still going to be in the middle of this. So COVID Jack, I mean, we're just going to start calling him COVID Jack. COVID from now Jack. On. We're starting to see. We're starting to see the beginnings of COVID Jack. <laughs> I love it. Um, let's take it back to the beginning because okay. obviously the way the premiere starts is we see exploding mangoes, and it leads us into a car chase, which, you know, at this point we're we it's been revealed to us at the season three finale there are flash forwards. We're only meant to assume yes, this is probably a flash forward, but whose flash forward is it? And we see the the the, uh, the Camaro go crashing through uh, with the car chase, go crashing through the mangoes, and it's revealed that Hurley is the one behind the wheel, and he's screaming the words, "I'm one of the Oceanic Six. And we have our first introduction to the Oceanic Six, which is going to become a slow reveal over the course of this season, because at this point we only know three. Um. And we're meant to kind of put into, like, in our own thought process, who were the other three? Because at this point, we have Hurley, we have Jack, we have Kate. You, right. Yeah. We also we also get um, we also get an old favorite coming back for a Michael little guest Cudlitz. spot. Get a little cudlets, little cudlets in our life. Bisquick himself. But it's great because you see that there's a secret before we hear that there's a secret. I'm one of the Oceanic Six. And then you see Cudlet saying, hey, Ana Lucia, did you know her? Because she, you know, blah, blah, blah. She was on that flight, weirdly. And Hurley says, no, I, I, yeah. I didn't know her. And 
which is a total lie. So if you're a first time watcher and you're watching that in the very beginning, you're like, uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Why it, are you lying, Hurley? And then you see at the end that he's lying. Um, do you know, it's funny enough. I looked into this a little bit and there is truth to this. There is another old favorite in that scene in the flash forward. Um, but not an old favorite you would expect to see. Oh, the one that's recording the... No, it's not a person. Uh, so at the end of the car chase, the car that Hurley crashes into mm-hmm. is a Bonneville. It's a tan Bonneville. That tan Bonneville has been seen before. It is the same Bonneville that Kate crashes into when she kills her the guy that she loved. Oh, that was so sad. It is also the same Bonneville that hits Michael. <laughs> do, do they just keep fixing it? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if it's purely coincidental and it's no, just it's, a... That's again, adorable. The, <laughs> that's adorable that you, that, that you just said coincidental for I this know. show. I know. But, you know, like, again, it's the car that stopped Kate. It's the car that stopped Hurley. It's the car that technically stopped Michael. So, <laughs> <laughs> so is, is there, it could, <laughs> sorry. Um, could uh, this, could this, this car technically be driven by a certain someone that we know has a connection to all of these characters? Could it be Jacob? It could be Jacob's vehicle of choice. Jacob? Jacob? But I found it, I just, I did find it funny that. Is Jacob's last name Bonneville? (laughs) Jacob Bonneville. (laughs) COVID Jack and Jacob Bonneville. Take it on the road. (laughs) I was just going to say the adventures of Jacob Bonneville and COVID Jack. (laughs) 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 Well, we need t-shirts made. (laughs) Of that. I will so wear that T-shirt. Um, but, I mean, getting back to the scene with, with Michael Cudlitz and, uh, and, and Hurley, you know, we get... There's a lot that's kind of revealed in that scene. I mean, like you said, there's the reveal of a secret already in that Hurley is lying about knowing Anna and Lucia. Mm-hmm. There's the reveal that Hurley saw something that freaked him out to begin with to put him on this car chase. Mm-hmm. And then there's Hurley's vision when he's sitting in that room by himself and he has the vision of Charlie under the water. And Charlie approaches the, uh, the glass with a message on his hand. And the message is different this time. I don't know if you saw what it was. Yeah, it was, uh, they need you. They need you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, there, there, there's a lot so much going on in this episode um <laughs> because there's also um when, if we're going to go to they need you um hang on let me get to it real quick because yeah, yeah. i have it here it is um because hurley gets a visitor hurley gets a visitor uh matthew abaddon mm-hmm. who um who says the same thing is that they need you meaning the island the people on the island, right? So I don't know if you know this, but I I read this in the trivia and I thought it was 
really fascinating, but it says Matthew Abaddon was an agent of Charles Woodmore, whose job was to get people to where they needed to be. His name, Abaddon, comes from the Bible's reference to the angel of the bottomless pit, whose job it is to take souls to their destination in the last judgment, corresponding to his role in the series. That's, I love that, because I mean, there's been so much name play with mm-hmm. this series. I mean, yeah. names are very significant when it comes to, not necessarily with the main characters, with the Losties and the Tailies, but all of the outside characters, names mean something. And I don't know. A- I, I, I think that John Locke and Jack Shepard's name definitely means something. But anyways, keep going. No, I mean, actually, you're right. I didn't even put that together. Like, who better to lead a group than somebody with the last name Shepard. I never even really put that together before. I mean, and, and really? that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. You know, you know, a shepherd leads a flock and that's exactly what he's basically doing. Well, he tried. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Just, you're so nonchalant way of saying that. Well, he tried. <laughs> um, you know, so yeah, I, it's, there's there's a lot that happens in the beginning of this scene. And then you're right. We get the visit with Abaddon, who I love that actor, by the way. I can't remember his name, but he's he's like another J.J. Abrams golden boy. Like anything J.J. works on, he's in. Yeah, he's really good. I love it that he always seems to be standing very rigidly and his chin is always down, almost like somebody put a stick against his spine and mm-hmm. it goes all the way up past his head. Like he. I've never seen him do anything except stand very rigid with his neck rigid and his chin down, just like this. Yeah, he was in another great J.J. Uh, Abrams series called Fringe. Yeah. Which, which, if you've never seen before, is, is worth checking out. Lance Reddick, that's the name of the actor. Yeah, but he's been in a whole bunch of stuff. Oh, yeah. He's, you've seen his face before. He's highly recognizable. Um, he's one of those actors where you're like, I know him. I like him. Yep. What's he yep. gonna do? <laughs> yeah, John. He's in the John Wick movies. That's it. He's the. He's. I'm like. He's in something huge right now. He's yeah, the. John he's Wick. the. He's the head of the hotel. Concierge. Yep. He's the concierge of the hotel. No. 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 The head of the hotel is Ian McShane. You're right. Yeah. He's the. Get, he, a, get he, it straight, Ben. He is the hotel manager. Yeah. Yes. I am the manager. B. Sorry. <laughs> half baked little half baked reference for all yeah of you out i haven't there. seen that i haven't seen that movie in a while um so let's go back to the island let's go back to the the present time of this and i want to kick off conversations about that with a, another golden rose moment which <laughs> we've her. been we've been getting quite a few of them lately uh and this time it's a uh bounce chicka bounce out moment when she's talking about Charlie's returning and when she says to Claire, so you better be sure to treat him real good when he gets back. Rose. Yeah. (laughs) Like in other words, Claire, you better put out when he gets back. Yeah. And and put out unselfishly. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And I just, I love those, those golden rose moments because there's, they've been so many of them lately and they're just fun. They're just fun yeah, when you get them. I, I love her. I, I, I love that actress too, but I, I do love Rose. You better, you better treat him real good. <laughs> yep. 
And the look on her face when she's saying it, she's got like that side eye with the head up as she's saying it. Like, yeah. you know what I'm talking about. We all know, <laughs> all of us here. <laughs> um, I, I want to I wanna bring up, this is one of my, not necessarily a theory, but I want to I wanna know what you think about this. I disagree. Okay, that's fine. Okay. Um, but then we're done. We don't even need okay, to bring it up. Perfect. Um, there's that moment with uh, with Hurley and Bernard that kind of kicks off the entire the cannonball. The cannonball, um, which is a very happy, heartfelt moment, and unfortunately, one of the last that we get, not just in this episode, but I think for a while. Um. I kind of looked at that scene a little different this time because there's that great moment where Hurley does run and jump off the rocks and does the cannonball. Could that almost be looked at like a reverse baptism of Hurley? Like, like when, when somebody, obviously when you baptize someone, it, it, you know, you're washing away of their sins. Um, but it also, a baptism kind of technically marks a change for someone. Could this almost, in essence, this cannonball be a baptism of a, of a sense? Maybe. I mean, it could be just a you know a definite moment that the writers want you to know that we're going to see a shift in Hurley now. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know if if it means anything in that moment for Hurley. I mean, other than the fact that his best friend on the island is about he's about to get news that his best friend on the island has died. Um, and then he, you know, kind of goes into a darker tone and he goes and he starts making decisions and, um, he's very less go with the flow, but that isn't because of the cannonball. It's because of the news that he gets. Right. Mm -hmm. But I think that the cannonball could be to your point, uh, the way that the writers have kind of put into your head, okay, we're going to change Hurley now. Yeah, this so is maybe yeah. So maybe it, it was like a writer's trick. This this cannonball is marking a change of direction, right? For Hurley, right? Um, the happy-go-lucky Hurley that we've been seeing lately is kind of going away for a while. Because at the end, he he goes against what Jack said, and he's not somebody that is going to do something like that to this point. This is the first time we see Hurley like defy. Uh, like openly defy another person. I mean, he's, he's not, not just leadership, but just another person. He, he's the guy that like gets everybody to do, do stuff. And he smooths over, you know, fights. He's like the middle child, the peacemaker, you know, he's just like, how do we all get to the point where we're all listening to music and laughing by the campfire at the end of the episode? Yeah. Can I tell you, that's one of my favorite moments of this entire episode too. The cannibal? No, not the cannonball. Oh. That, the, the, the part with Hurley at the end when he, he defies. Says, I'm going like, to listen to my friend. Yeah, I, I'm going to listen to Charlie. Like that's, that was, I think that was the moment that solidified for me. Like, her, yeah, like I, I have no doubts now that Hurley is the true leader of this group. Everybody should have gone with Hurley in that moment because that, what, he made such a good point. He said, Charlie risks his, risked his life to go down there to save us. And in the last moments of his life, he chose to tell us that these people were not who they were. That's what he did with the last moments of his life. Like, let's not have that just be ignored. Yep. 
Oh, I, you know what I, I mean? If I was one of those people, the moment I heard Hurley say that, my ass would have been behind the line with Hurley. Yep, I, ne- I would not have gone with Jack. You couldn't have paid me to go with Jack because that was, that's one of the best points I've ever seen. We are coming into a pretty bad storm right now, so if I lose internet, I apologize. Okay, that's fine. Okay. Um, it, but yeah, it's, it's one of those moments where, I mean, and, and I mean, we could talk about that scene now while that we're already in it. it. It's one of those times that like when Hurley says that, nobody has a rebuttal. Jack is silent. Locke is silent. Everybody is silent. Of course Locke is silent. He's getting his way. He's got, he's got the, the, the most likable guy on the island on his side for the first time ever. He's yeah. like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to let this ride out. <laughs> it, but yeah, it's one of those moments where it's just like, okay, like it, it, nobody has anything to say because there's nothing to say after that. Right. The, like the point is made. Right. It's either you you trust in Charlie or you don't. Right. Um, you know, and going on that, you know, piggybacking off of that too, when Desmond comes back at the beginning of the episode and tells everybody the news about Charlie, it speaks volumes about Charlie's character in that when the news is given that Charlie didn't make it, everybody is sad. Desmond yeah. has nothing to say. Sawyer looks away because he's distraught over it. Saeed is distraught over it. Everybody is upset that Charlie has died. Yeah. You know, so that speaks volumes to the connection that Charlie had with everybody on that island. Well, I mean, everybody watched Charlie also kick heroin, start a family, be, you know, be somebody who was just kind of always there and always friendly. And I mean, it was kind of like watching, you know, your lost sibling come back and make something better of himself and of other people. So Mm -hmm. you don't want to see those people go away. You know, you don't want to believe that anything bad can happen once you clean up your life to the point that Charlie did. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very similar to, you know, to finding out that somebody kicked an addiction of some kind, but in the end, that addiction still gets them in the end, you know, because of complications or something like that. Like, you want to believe, like, okay, like, this person kicked this addiction. The addiction. And I, I, bring up, um, I bring this up because I heard this story on, a, on, a, on another podcast about uh, Chris Farley and how Chris Farley got clean towards the end of his life, but it was complications from the drugs and everything that he did that still ended his life. Yeah. I mean, at, at the risk of being way too personal right now, that is how my sister passed is she had an addiction. She came over the addiction. She got sober. She got pregnant. The complications from that addiction earlier compromised her body and ultimately was the reason why she um, passed. So I've seen it happen. It's, horrifying when it happens so you know charlie's death always hits a little differently because of that but but that's why people are just so so upset at to again to your point you know nobody want nobody charlie made an uh an impression on everybody because of what they got to see charlie accomplish in the short time that he was on the island which Mm -hmm. is fantastic um so the only thing that I had a problem with was I feel that Desmond could have told Claire a little bit better that Charlie died other than Hurley's like, I'll tell her. And then he comes up and he's like, Charlie's dead. 
Oh, you mean Hurley could have told Claire? Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You yeah. said Desmond, yeah. Oh, sorry. I feel like, but I do feel like Desmond could have at least said it a little smoother. Oh, okay. I get what you're saying now. Okay. Like, he could have been like, so I have to tell you something, blah, blah, blah. It's just Hurley comes up. He's dead. No, well, I dead. Mean, and I and I get it. Like Hurley has been holding this in this entire time, so like it, it was basically like the dam burst, and that was really the only words he can form at that point, right? To to kind of get express what had happened. But you're right; he could have done it. It could have been done with a little bit more candor, I guess. I mean, maybe you're basically telling you know. Look, we all know that. We all know that Charlie and Claire and Aaron were kind of like the island's little family. So you're going up and you're, you're about to tell, you know, part of that little family unit that the a main part of their family unit is gone. Yeah. And it's just, it was just such a weird way to say it. Other than that, you know, it was gut-wrenching, you know. Well, here's the thing too. Like in watching this episode, I watched this episode twice, just as you did. Um, Watching this episode, this was the first time I had watched these ep- this episode in a while. Um, it was very gut-wrenching to watch Hurley tell Claire the news that Charlie had passed. Mm. And I definitely teared up because I did both times I watched this. However, it is not the first moment I teared up in this episode. Oh, no. It, the, the moment when, of all people... Sawyer comes to talk to Hurley and to make sure that he's okay. Like Sawyer knows he just got the word. He just got the news that his best friend on that island is gone. Yep. And Sawyer is the one that comes to him to make sure he's okay. To see Hurley try as hard as he is to keep it all inside not only that, but to show that he's not weak, that he yeah. can keep up with the group. That, it's given me chills again just thinking about it while we're talking about it. That inner struggle with, Char- with Hurley, oh my God, I started tearing up. It's, it's unbelievable the strength, the inner strength that Hurley is. He may not be a... F- he may not be a physical force on that island, but emotionally and mentally, he is one of the strongest people on that island. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I could agree with that. I mean, you know, Hurley, just like everybody else on the island, has a lot of demons that mm-hmm. he's constantly working through. And, you know, one of those demons is that he sees things. And when he's on the island, he sees things that he can, you know, walk up to and look through the door. (laughs) Which is, I guess, the next thing we really need to talk about because there is a major... You like that, how I segued that? As a nice segue, I enjoy it. Thank you. Thank you very much. There are a number of things that we, we kind of need to discuss in those next moments because I have a theory for one do but it. There, but there are also a couple things that I think have been revealed in this moment. Um, obviously, we're talking about the fact that Hurley gets lost and he finds the cabin. And when looking in the cabin, 
we know who's sitting in that chair. It's Christian Shepherd. Is it? It is. And there's a very big... <laughs> is it? There's, there's a very big indication of this that I didn't really pick up on before. I mean, you can see the silhouette looks a lot like Christian Shepherd. Yeah, no, it's but, Christian Shepherd, but, but is it Christian Shepherd? Well, that's... Okay, that's, that's what you mean by the is it. Because there are... Oh, there's also the white tennis shoes, which are a big indication this is Christian Shepherd. And it's very obviously the actor who plays Christian Shepherd sitting in the chair as well. But you're right. Is it actually Christian Shepherd or is it Jacob or is it somebody else? It's Jacob. <laughs> the question now becomes when the person pops up and we see that eye, whose eye is it? And I have the answer. Do it. It's John Locke. Yeah. Because it, it, it looks like John Locke, that's for and sure. It's, and it's his signature blue eye. Yeah. It's John Locke. Yeah. John Locke is in that cabin and has been in that cabin. It's where he's been hiding. But this brings me to my theory. That gives me like chills kind of <laughs> all over. Like that's like real creepy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that brings me to my theory. And I want to see what you think about this. And if you think differently, please tell me. Okay. The way this scene plays out is that, and the way we've been meant to believe so far, is that this cabin disappears and reappears in different places. Mm -hmm. And Hurley gets lost and this cabin appears and Hurley stumbles upon it. What if it's not the cabin that disappears? What if it was Hurley that disappeared and reappeared somewhere else? Because he literally just moments before that was with Sawyer and then suddenly gets lost and nobody can hear him. Are we, is it really that plausible that they got so far ahead in that short a period of time that nobody can hear Hurley's voice? What uh, if know, Hurley is the one that disappeared and reappeared somewhere else? Okay. Well, then when he turns around, the cabin's right behind him again. So he reappeared where the cabin is. What if it's not the cabin that moves, it's the people that discover it? I don't know. You know, here, I, I, I can see how that could come to your mind. But at the same time, you know, this island has messed with everybody's mind in one way or another. You know, I mean, you got Jack chasing Christian Shepherd through the through, through the woods, you've got, um, you know, uh, early you chasing say, Dave. Well, you can also say, you know, Boone was, was running through the jungle because she heard Shannon, he heard Shannon asking, uh, yelling for help. Um, you know, Locke has lost his, uh, the feeling in his legs and regained it and lost it and regained it. And then he got shot in the stomach and left for dead. And he still a mad may, managed to, uh, show up in a cabin, <laughs> you but know, I mean, yeah, but I mean, again, like... So what, I guess what I'm saying is, like, I, I see what you're saying, but I think that the island just has these properties that maybe they moved Hurley, maybe they put, like, a little weird psychedelic dome over Hurley and then So that no one it. could hear him. Right, and then lifted it when they were done messing with his brain. I don't know, you know? Um, I, and I think that that's one of the coolest parts of the island is that you're right... And I'm right. All we know for sure is that if you're on the island, your brain is going to be messed with. Yeah. But I mean, I, and again, I, it was just a Maybe theory. Maybe they're all breathing acid. 
this, this whole island is just a huge tab of acid they're living on. Yeah, yeah. And with every step don't they eat, take, they're don't absorbing eat the mangoes. More more. Don't eat those mangoes. But yeah, I mean, it's, you know, again, it was just an interesting theory that I thought, mm-hmm. and it, there's no real answer to it other than what the producers can give us if we happen to ask them. Mm-hmm. Because it's never revealed whether or not the cabin moves. It's never revealed whether or not Charlie, you know, or Hurley moves. Mm-hmm. Um, you're right. There are just properties to this island. It, I think it could be looked at either way. But Rose this, doesn't have cancer anymore. But this is the first time I watched this episode and I thought about it and I'm like, well, what if it's not the cabin that's moving? Yeah. What if it's Hurley? Like, what if Hurley was the one that was picked up and moved to another location? You know, and... Like I said, anything is possible. Yep, exactly. Um, I still have a couple more notes, but I want to turn it back over to you to see if you have anything else you want to jump into. Well, I get really excited at the end of this episode because my favorite foursome is a coming to the island um <laughs> and we get introduced to uh daniel threesome it's uh charlotte miles daniel, and daniel faraday and the pilot oh that's right the pilot and, yep well i can't remember his name right now i love that pilot i love that pilot something fierce <laughs> <laughs> um I, I i can't remember i'm trying to remember it's like his richard name um, we're going to meet him next episode. Yeah, I think it's Richard. I want to say it's Richard, but I think I'm wrong. Anyways, but we, we, we get to see Daniel Faraday, Jeremy Davies, and I love him. I love him. I love him. <laughs> I love this character so much. I'm just really, I like, you see Naomi and you're like, Ooh, we're getting to it. But then Lapidus. Lapidus. Frank Lapidus. Yeah. Frank Lapidus, that's Richard, sure. That yep. sounds the same. <laughs> I was so close. Yeah. Samsonite. I was way <laughs> I off. I was way off. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, continue. Um, so anyway, it, it's short, but that I, I just I always get very excited. I got excited again. I wanted to watch ahead, but I was like, you know. I've watched this episode twice. <laughs> I don't want to be confused. So I'm just going to stop and then wait until we're done recording. Um, but I am um, watching Justified right now. And for anybody that has seen Justified, you know that Jeremy Davies is also in Justified. And so, and he plays a totally different character than he does in Lost. So I'm very excited because. I get some more Jamie, Jeremy Davies in my life. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny too, because I have the final note, the, the last note I have on my list is the chopper dot, 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 meet Daniel Faraday. Yay! I love him so Cause, much. Because, yeah, that's how the episode ends. And you're right. I mean, the 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 group that we're going to meet, again, we talked about this before, that we, we have still new characters we haven't even come across yet. And they're amazing characters. And we're starting to come across them now with... Uh, you know, Daniel Faraday. Next week, we're going to meet Frank Lapidus or Richard. Um, we're, we're going to meet Charlotte and we're going to meet Miles. Miles is my second favorite. Oh, I know. I know how much you love Miles. Too. I love Miles so much. Um, <laughs> you know, and we've also had, um, I think we haven't met him yet, but he's the voice on the walkie talkie, which is... Um, Oh, God, I can't remember the name now. We'll just call Richard. him Richard. Yeah. 
<laughs> From now on, anytime we can't remember a name, we'll just call them Richard. Richard. Yep. <laughs> Richard. Yeah. It's not to uh, be confused with Richard Albert. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, it's, um, you know, COVID Jack. COVID Jack and the Bonnevilles. And the, and, and Jacob Bonneville. <laughs> Special like, guest, special guest star, Richard. <laughs> uh, I think, I think one of the, one of the, one of the other, and I only have a few, few notes left. Um, one of the good. things, one of the things we, we a obviously. weird recording. <laughs> it has, but I love it. I love when our recordings go off the wall like this. Um, obviously, we have to talk about Naomi. In this episode, because oh, yeah, Naomi dies. She she wasn't dead before. She is dead now. Um, but you know, it's an important note that she does indeed cover for the fact that she's been. She had a machete thrown into her back. She covers because she knows that she needs these guys off of the island. She doesn't cover because she's a good person. Yeah. She lied about it being Penny's boat. She had a Portuguese book with a picture of Desmond and Penny to keep them off their toes. Well, did she, did she lie or because I think we talked about this during the season 3 finale. There I think she knew who Desmond was. She knew who Desmond was, but did she know ultimately that everybody that she came across was going to die or the, that was the intent was that they were going to die. She might've just been doing a job. Yeah. But you know, that she was hired to do. Right. But so what, what I'm saying is, is that she wasn't covering for Kate and Jack and all them. She was completing her job and completing her mission. That's true. That's, you know, Kate took it as something different. Um, yeah. So, I have, let's see, there's one, I have like basically three more points to make about this episode, but I'll, I'll turn it back to you to see if you have anything else. No, Jeremy Davies was it. Okay. That was the last of yours. Okay. Yeah. So Jeremy Barry. Jeremy Barry. One of the things we didn't talk about obviously is Hurley's vision of, of Charlie. Um, you know, he's standing outside, he's playing, he's sitting outside the mental institution and it's another patient that points Charlie out to him. So that's crazy. So this, was that other patient, was he real? I think that other patient was real. I think this was a manifestation of Charlie that was not in Hurley's head. I think just like Oh, because he was able to slap him. Yeah. He was physically able to come in contact with Charlie. Well, so it's kind Charlie of like, was able to physically contact Hurley. So it's like Jacob is using Charlie the way that he's used Christian Shepherd in the mm-hmm. past. That's very cool. Well, I, so I don't know. I think, I think the manifestations of Dave and of uh, Christian Shepherd were the work of the man in black who we have yet to meet. I think the manifestation of Charlie was the work of Jacob. Okay, so then you're saying that in the cabin, it's not Jacob, it's the man in black. Yes. Okay. Because I think... I, I think it's the man in black who's been pulling the strings with Ben to make him believe he is Jacob. And Locke being in the cabin is kind of like foreshadowing for Locke eventually becoming the man in black. Well, or the, the man manifestation in, of the... The man in black becoming the manifestation right. of John Locke. Yes. That's what I meant. Yep. You get it. 
Oh yeah, I think this is. I think a lot of what we've seen so far and what we're going to see is all the work of the of the man in black being the puppet master. So it's like a lot of groundwork mm-hmm. that if you're if you're the, a first time watch, watcher, you don't know what's happening. All you know is that there's something crazy going on. But it's kind of like the laying the the setup of the pieces of what we are about to go into, which is three seasons of. Um, of the man in black versus Jacob. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're going to find out later once we're introduced to the character of Jacob, that Jacob has played a part in all of these guys, all of these characters lives right. from the beginning, from their childhoods. And we see that we do. Um, and I think Jacob was setting up the groundwork. He was setting up his, his pieces on the chessboard to combat the man in black's chess pieces. Right. And now that, things have kind of gone awry and these chess pieces have left the board. This is Jacob's way of saying, I need to get my pieces back on the board. Right. So the manifestation, the manifestation of Charlie to Hurley was Jacob's doing, not the man in blacks. Yeah. That's my theory. Anyway, that's a great theory. I, I, I buy it a hundred percent. So, I mean, and who's to say this isn't even really a manifestation? Who's to say this really isn't Charlie? I mean, because he has the memories of Charlie. He has the emotion of Charlie. He has the connection to Hurley that Charlie had. He this looks could've... better than he has in mm-hmm. all first three seasons of the show. This, this could have been Jacob bringing Charlie back for a moment to do his work. You know? I still wish that the island moving would have brought Charlie back. Yeah, I know. I like that. I like that option. Um, so that brings me to a very, a one more, I have one more note and we'll, we'll kind of cover everything up in this, in this last note. First off, there are a number of great Ben one-liners in this episode. Um, first off, when he, when, Jack goes to look for the phone and Ben says to him, I would have told you that she took the phone, but you were punching me (laughs) as a great line. And then at the end, when everybody is splitting up, Jack, with your permission, I'd like to go with John. I love that. Classic. I love it. Um, I love it that uh, Danielle punches him. Well, rightfully so. She's yeah. he the one person you do not want to call Alex your daughter to is is, is her mother. That you kidnapped her daughter. Yeah. yeah. I would have punched him too if I was mm-hmm. Rousseau. Yeah. Well, um, she's lucky. He's lucky that she didn't kill him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I think it's it's very interesting to to see, and this would be my final note before we, we move on and wrap things up. This there is a very monumental happening in this moment, other than the fact that sides are chosen. This is the first time in a while we're seeing everybody together. It is also the last. Yeah, I I did I did know that. That's kind of cool. We have three more seasons left to go. This is the last time all of these characters are together in the same place. Crazy. For the the rest of this series, this is the last time. That's a huge thing. You don't know it at the time, especially considering it's like, oh, everybody's back together. This is great. 
Nope. Well, Two minutes later, we've split and everybody's going different directions. I would say the series finale, everybody's together again. Okay, that's accurate. That's accurate. Yeah, the finale is... And even still, though, because Ben's not with them. Yeah, he is. He's outside. He still he never, comes in. No, he doesn't. Ben never yes. goes in the... Ben never goes in the church. Her... Okay, well, let, let's revisit that later when we get there, okay? <laughs> I, we do this too much, by the way. We, we talk about the end way too much. <laughs> I, but um, trust me, that was one of the most pivotal moments of Ben's arc when he never goes into that church. When he never goes into the church. <laughs> Sorry, that's what I heard you. That's how I heard you say it. Shut up. <laughs> um, and then the other... The, Bobby the, Newport. <laughs> I, <laughs> that is another show I have been watching way too much of during the quarantine. <laughs> is Parks and Rec, Bobby Newport. Newport. <laughs> okay, Jerry, that's enough. We got it. <laughs> that is a great episode, too. When they're, <laughs> they're trying to make the negative ad against Bobby Newport. I love it. Um, uh, yeah, so, I mean, and then, you know, once sides are chosen the rain falls and we've talked about that before that the rain is very forthcoming in that it signifies huge happenings are about to happen. Strange things are afoot. That's a circle. Okay. Um, Don't worry. I'm going to put every reference that I possibly can into this one episode that we're recording. That's fine. Bring it on. I'm, I'm all for it. Oh, it's already been brought. (laughs) I did it again. Thank you. I'm on fire today. Um, but yeah, that's all the notes I have for for this episode. This is a it's a great kickoff to season four. Yeah, it's a great premiere. It, it really is. I mean, it and is it's, pouring down rain here today where I live, so I will be watching the next episode as soon as we're done here. <laughs> um, so yes, yeah, so I think that's going to wrap it up for the breakdown of the episode. Uh, if you guys have anything else that you want to add to it, or let you want to give us thoughts on on your on your opinion of the episode anything we missed please let us know and obviously uh feedback on future episodes as well there are multiple ways you can do that uh first we're on facebook at facebook.com slash lost revisited we are at on twitter (laughs) (laughs) we are on twitter at lost revisit pod or we're on instagram at lost revisited Pod. You can email us at lostrevisitedpod at gmail.com. And if you want to leave us a message, you can do so by recording it and sending it to us by email. Yes, indeed. Uh, which brings us to our feedback. We actually have two, um, two pieces of feedback for this week. Uh, I can't wait to see how Des yells at us this week. <laughs> Let's start with that one then. Okay. Uh, we will, we'll start with Des's voicemail. Um, here we go. Hey guys, seems about forever since I've called in. Um, this episode, the beginning of the end, really enjoyed it. It's a really strong start for a season. Uh, focused mainly on two characters. We've got Hurley, who gets put through the ringer for pretty much the entire episode. Every time he gets a little bit of sunshine, bad news follows. And then Jack, who basically is wrong about pretty much everything in this episode. 
he's wrong about the people on the boat. He's <laughs> wrong about whether or not they should follow one or two trails for Naomi. And I just keep thinking, he's wrong, wrong, wrong. Kristen's going to love it. And then at the end of the episode, I completely forgot where uh, Hurley says that he was wrong. He shouldn't have gone with John. And now I can't for the life of me remember why he shouldn't have gone with John. But I'll look forward to seeing it. Something else about Jack. I guess he's not quite into the full alcoholic phase yet. Because he sure didn't put very much vodka in that orange juice. Just like <laughs> It was great seeing Michael Cudlitz again. Um... All through the interrogation, I just kept waiting for him to say something like bitch nuts or ask about this quick. I don't know. I like my cut that's dirty. We also find out from Hurley that they're lying about something in the plane crash. We're just not really sure what it is and why. Oh, and one other thing I almost completely forgot to mention. Jack almost killing Locke. He seemed as shocked as anybody else that he actually did pull the trigger. Good thing there were no bullets. Oh, and if Kristen's going to call me out for not calling in, I just want to say I want to hear from Jillian and Gemma. I want them both calling in. I want to hear from them. I got to get going now. Got to get to bed before the dog and the cat start fighting. Talk to you guys later. Love you. I, you know what? I'm going to throw this out there. I like the idea of callers calling out other people to call in <laughs> i just love des so much <laughs> i love it that he's like all i could think about was Kristen's going to love this true we, you know what i mean we did it we did attack jack a little bit but we didn't attack him nearly as much as we have in the past trying to be better about it i've yeah. been accused of favoritism i've been accused of a lot of things i'm trying to be better about it but <laughs> i think that my feelings on jack are well established on this podcast it's accurate it's very very accurate <laughs> um I do, I do like it that uh, that Des is like he's he didn't put a lot of vodka in there. I think that you know that's that's you know beginning of COVID, Jack. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and but here's the other thing too, though. You don't you're, go full COVID. You're doing surgical consults. There should be no vodka in that orange juice. <laughs> Very little is still too much. Like we're already starting to see a downfall of Jack. I'm thinking about point. growing a beard. Uh-oh. <laughs> we know where this is going. And Hurley's like, no, dude, you'd look horrible with a beard. He does. Hurley was accurate. Uh, which leaves us to our buddy Steve, who left us a voicemail as well. So let's check that out. Maybe I'll do another live voicemail as a nah. Okay, just finished watching it, took some notes, and I'm um, so glad I didn't miss the deadline. Hey, Ben and Kristen, this is Steve. Uh, this is for Season 4, Episode 1. Uh, and as I was watching it for this time, uh, it occurred to me, when is, is the beginning of this episode as opposed to the end of Season 3? Is this is this a flashback and a flash forward? Anyway, um, I'm one of the Oceanic Six. That's a, such a great beginning uh, Saw Harold uh, Perrineau's name in the credits, but we don't see him in this episode. Um, absolutely loved Rousseau uh, hitting Ben when he calls Alex his daughter. Uh, that was great. I really like Rousseau. Um, got a bit of a tear when Hurley found out about Charlie, and you know he just had that moment of of happiness and joy. Uh, we get to see Lance Riddick. Uh, 
he's a good, I love him. Um, Naomi, she lived quite a while after Locke threw that knife at her back and made it pretty far, you know, switching the trails and doubling back. Um, I remember, and I know this is spoiler full, so I do remember that the tell my sister that I love her is a distress single, I think. Uh, that's how the boat knows that she's in trouble. Um, were there two people in the cabin or is, is Jacob just that fast? Um, teared up again when Hurley had to tell Claire about Charlie. I laughed every time Jack squeezed the trigger on that gun and it just clicked. Um, John, there's nothing else you need to figure out. The barracks are the safest place to be. I don't understand. Um, and absolutely love Rose. I'm not going anywhere with that man. Uh, we know that she's not leaving the island, but she's not going with Locke either. Uh, and then, of course, that uh, that ending with uh, Hurley realizing that they're going to have to go back. Uh, talk to you later. Yeah, that's interesting, too, that we forgot to bring up about Rose. Um, I'm not going anywhere with that man. <laughs> like, she's so adamant about not leaving that island, but yet she still will not follow John Locke. Mm-hmm. You know, well. that, that speaks volumes. She's um she's she's very intuitive. I gotta tell you, if if I had to to follow one person on that island or choose as a leader, I would choose Rose. Rose Rose just seems to have her head screwed on straight. She knows her priorities. I would like to think that I would my priorities would be the same as Rose on that island. Yeah, I'd just be like, you know what? I'm going to do these dishes. I'm going to make <laughs> this food. I'm going to love my husband and I'm just going to just be very happy that I don't have cancer, you know, like good for Rose, man. <laughs> and you know what? I think Steve is absolutely right. I, I, I've completely forgot about that. I think tell my sister that I love her really was a distress signal. Cause I think we find that out next episode. I think that's the reason why Daniel Faraday came to the Island. Because he knew that Naomi was in distress. There was something wrong. So, yeah, that's... um, We're going to find that out soon. We're going to find that out soon enough. I'm pretty sure he's right, and that was a... That was a distress signal. I love that. So... I, I didn't even put that together. I think I thought that Naomi and Charlotte were somehow sisters. Um, no, I don't... Yeah, I, I think... I, I think Steve's right. I think that was a distress signal. So Awesome. Yeah, but you guys have the way to leave us our feedback, to leave feedback for us, and we definitely encourage you to do that. So um, next episode of the show is season four, episode two, Confirmed Dead, which, uh, again, we're going to get the the introduction of Frank Lapidus. And Richard. I don't... Richard, yes. I don't know... Who is that a flash forward of? Um, do we know, or is that... Just, it was shared. What, okay, it is a shared. It's shared, yeah. Okay. Although right. I think it's more Hurley than Jack because we only see Jack like watching Hurley and then coming and playing horse. Like we don't see just Jack, just Jack. We oh, don't see just Jack. Yeah, it's listed as the uh, the science team. So this is the, so confirmed dead is the flash forward in which we're going to see. Actually, I don't even think it's flash forwards. I think it's kind of like just like flashes to like the, I think it's flashbacks actually, if I remember correctly. Because I remember one of the scenes that we see is Frank Lapidus discovering that they found the plane at the bottom of the ocean. Oh, you mean the next episode? The next episode, yes. Oh, 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 yeah. oh, yeah. 
Okay, the science team. The Great. science team. Yep, is that's when we're going to meet Lapidus, Miles, Charlotte, and Faraday. Um, so that brings dun, us to the dun, 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 dun. <laughs> that brings us to the end of the discussion on the episode. Um, any recommendations from you? It's been a couple weeks, so I don't justified. know. Justified. Justified. Oh, that's right. Justified. You brought that up already. Lots of justified. Lots of justified. Justified. Um. I don't know what I have to recommend. I mean, there's just been, I've been watching a lot of Parks and Rec, Brooklyn Nine-Nine in the office. Um, I've checked out a, a number of documentaries lately that I really enjoyed. Uh, Class Action Park is one. It's about a amusement park in New Jersey called Action Park that a number of people were injured and even killed at. Uh, it, is a, it is an amusement park that I actually went to when i was younger and now knowing how bad that park was i wonder how i survived uh and it was a water it's a water park not an amusement park um water parks are really dangerous people don't understand how dangerous water parks can be this one was even worse trust me um one of the things you and i have not talked about um since we we started talking there was a big happening um that happened since the last time we spoke and that was we we lost somebody chadwick um, bozeman we lost chadwick bozeman um which is really really sad and I, like really bummed me out um so i guess i'm just going to make my recommendations to uh, check out a couple of his movies that I highly recommend. Other um, than Black Panther. Other than Black Panther. Um, uh, check out Marshall, um, where he plays Thorogood Marshall. Check out Get On Up, where he plays James Brown. And check out 42, where he's Jackie Robinson. 42 is a fucking fantastic movie. He plays Frederick Douglass in a movie, too. That one I'm not aware of. Maybe it's Harriet. Maybe I have to, I have to see what it is, but I just want to say that, you know, this was a man who you, who had colon cancer in 2016, black Panther came out in 2018 and he, he had all those Marvel movies, all that physicality for these movies. I'm wondering how much of his treatment he set to the side to make these movies that he wanted that he wanted to do. He went to the cancer ward and he cheered kids up while he himself had cancer and he didn't tell anybody. He didn't publicize this. And then at the end of his life, he had to remove pictures from his Instagram because he was getting trolled for his weight loss. Mm-hmm. And he had to turn off comments on his Instagram because people are so mean. And I have to tell you, I mean, this is such a classic example of do not judge others unless you've walked a mile in their shoes. Um, you know, Chadwick Boseman was a hero off the screen. He was, he was Black Panther. He was an incredible actor. He was, he was all those wonderful A-list type of celebrity things that we want in our in our celebrities and our actors, but he also, he kept his own private personal life to himself for the benefit of others who are suffering. And that says everything about the man that he was, um, that I would ever need to know. And I just, I, um, we lost a, a, a very positive light in this very dark year. Yeah. 
Um, he did. He he never played Frederick Douglass. No. Okay. No. No. Uh, yeah, I just looked through his IMDb, and he it's not listed anywhere. Um, he never played that role. But um, you're right. Um, it's a light that out went that went out way too soon, and um, so yeah. So my recommendation is just check out some of his past works if you haven't already, because um, they're they're phenomenal. And you're right to to do. To play the roles that he played in, in Black Panther alone while going through the treatments and surgeries that he was is just shows the strength that he had, uh, yeah. not just as an actor, but as a person. And I mean, and even, you know, Kevin Feige, who's, you know, the head muckety muck at Marvel, you know, he did know that Chadwick was sick, um, but they never had any intention of, of changing plans for his path as Black Panther. Because Chadwick was confident he was going to beat it. Um, and unfortunately, it did get him in the end. So my grandmother had colon cancer. And um, it's very, very painful. Unbelievably painful. It's, it's, it's a very difficult path to, to, to cancer to have. So, um, you know, it, I, just, I just can't even believe I, I still can't believe it. Like I, uh, my husband and I talk about this, you know, a couple times a week. We're just like, how on earth did he do that? You know, and, and we told our kids, we told our kids about, you know, what he did and, um, you know, because they're huge Marvel fans and we all, you know, watched Black Panther last week as a, you know, as a little memorial to him in our own house. And, you know, they're understandably upset as well, but I told them, I said, you know, we're just like, this guy was a hero. Like to not tell anybody that you have this publicly and to continue to do positive work for your community. I, I just, my hat, my hat is off to him. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And um, then yesterday we lost Diana Rigg. Yeah. From Game of Thrones and, um, and uh, the Avengers, the old Avengers TV show and, uh, it's you know it's 2020 sucks it, it really does but we're getting through it we're fighting through it and that's all we can really do uh as as people please so vote. register to vote oh god please vote register um, to vote yes absolutely uh with with that being said uh i think this is a good point to wrap up the episode yes um, register to vote Yes. Uh, thank you for listening, as you guys always do. Thank you for sticking with us, even through the breaks that we take. Uh, we appreciate you guys as an audience. We wouldn't have this podcast without you. But um, again, next episode, season four, episode two, Confirmed Dead. Until that time, we will see you guys further on down that rabbit hole. Take care. Register to vote. We have to go back, Kate. We have to go back!